0: Hello, I'm Suzanne Jones and in this episode of Collective Conversations, I'd like to share a section of an interview I heard recently on 94.1 FM with Ray Bonney and Dave Burrows. Ray and Dave are driven and committed advocates for inspiring change in attitudes around men's mental health. Ray hosts a radio program on a Sunday morning and we pick up the interview where she asks Dave Burrows, the co-founder of Mantle, what does it feel like being you today? And she also chats to Dave about Mantle and why such a service is needed. And you're listening to 94.1 FM. It's 3WBC with Ray Bonney, joined by Dave Burrows. He's a well-recognised expert in psychological risk management and best practice approaches to workplace mental health. Welcome back, Dave. Tell me, what does it feel like being you today?
1: I knew this question was coming because this is a common question when I speak with you, Ray. And, and I was reflecting on it before and i tell you, so it feels pretty good. Um, but I am conscious that we've had a monstrous year as has everyone, but my next few weeks are really stacking up to be, that's a big hill to run up. So and I've convinced myself at the moment, I think it's might be a, that I've got a thin veneer of control over what's happening and I've broken things down into manageable pieces, but I'm really conscious and that, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety sitting in the background there knowing that I've got some really big things happening in a very compressed time frame moving forward, and that's going to influence the way that I sort of think and behave and, and sort of and, and manage between now and Christmas and into the new year. So, mm.
2: yeah,
1: a bit of trepidation there, I think, is probably a reasonable way yeah. to put it.
0: I would also say great level of self awareness as well, and you know, ability to be able to articulate that publicly, I think, uh, is is something that not everyone has a grip on.
1: Okay. It's not something I've got, I'm very good at either. I think it's taken you a very long time to um, to move beyond just being frustrated or annoyed or angry and understand, okay, what sits beneath some of those sorts of things. So it's, it's a work in progress.
0: So you took your own medicine, did you?
1: Well, I did. I mean, I've been really lucky in my career. I've been able to work with sort of people who are you know, a lot smarter, a lot more insightful, a lot more experienced than I am. And, and I find there's been certain people that I've worked with, so just by virtue of being with them for periods of time that some of the way they see the world and operate some of their reflections and levels of curiosity rubbed off on me and and I always get I think a little bit of um, a little bit more insight from from spending time with with a few of those people. There's a few of them that really stand out so so, Mm. yeah I think they're making me become a little bit better at some of these sorts of things
0: Oh fantastic. Well somebody's just sent me a text saying you said you were going to talk about this mantle thing can you just shut up Ray and get on with it okay I'll do that Um, so Dave over to you Tell us about Mantle.
1: Yeah, uh, Mantle, um, Specialist Psychological Health Service for, for Men, um, something that took a long time for us to develop and get right. So what we know is that there's some brilliant stuff being done out there in, in, in the sort of mental health landscape to support the needs of men. There's these brilliant organisations like Mr Perfect and Men Sheds and, and lots of sort of community social catch-ups we know are really important. But when we looked... When we looked at those, we thought, okay, they're such an integral part of the mental health infrastructure for men, but there's a huge gap between those and then the crisis lines and, you know, your lifelines and your men's lines and things that people were reaching out to at the point of crisis, and and we sort of thought, okay, what's this big gap here and where do men go when they need more specialist mental health support? So, you know, where do do they actually go? And, And... now, now way. if you look at the sort of statistics out there, you know where men are so overrepresented in the wrong stats, like suicide rates, where we are not engaged in sort of mental health treatment services to the extent to which we should be compared to compared to females. And so we thought, okay, let's get serious about this and and develop a service that brought a specialist psychologists to men when times that they actually needed it in ways that suited them through a specific gendered lens. So that we could plug a really big gap that we saw in the mental health system when it came to supporting the needs of men. So this is why we we developed we developed Mantle, which is a specialist at telehealth service manned by very senior, very experienced psychologists. That's available for men at times that suit them: be after hours, during work, um, you know, four hours, whenever. So it's only um,
0: telehealth, Dave. It's not face to
1: face. It's not face-to-face, it's just telehealth. It's using a very secure platform uh, where men can actually seek support in places that they feel safe and places they feel comfortable. So we know that for a lot of blokes, the time when they need psychological support is that sort of time when they're working really hard, they've got family stress going on, they might have financial stress going on, there's a whole lot of stuff happening at work, is their time poor. And to be able to say, hey, and let's take time off to go and see a GP and get a referral and wait six weeks to see a psychologist, we thought there was a flaw in the system. So rather than, you know, perpetuate that or keep going with that, we thought let's just build a service Mm. that's there for men when they need it, in areas where they're comfortable, at times that's ready, that you know, most suitable for them. So we're really excited that we we worked with some really clever researchers and looked at, okay, how do we you know, attract and retain men in special psychological support? How do we get the best clinical outcomes?
0: Actually, can I just Um, go back to that? Um, I'm just curious about that point that had you attract and retain men in the service, can you just kind of, you know, boil that down a little bit about those research outcomes?
1: Yep. So we, blokes are not as represented as females in actually, you know, seeing psychologists. The other challenge we've got there is there's huge dropout rates. So there's a very large percentage of men who will start, you know, some sort of therapeutic intervention or special psychological support, and then they opt out almost after the first session without ever without ever letting things sort of get to the point where they can genuinely improve their symptomology, their clinical outcomes, you know, improve the things that they need to work on in order to you know, be the best, of them, the best version of themselves. So, you know, one is the issue around the numbers of people who are accessing the professional services and it's cumbersome. It was cumbersome for them to actually go and do that. Then there's the retention rates. So, you know, the psychologists can be good and we've got great psychologists, so we're not going to change life in, in 60 minutes. No. You know, we need time to be able to work with people, understand what's going on, engage with them, you know, plan with them, collaborate with them. You know, it's not the sort of thing where, you know, you just get this magic sort of solution after, after one session. And I think one of the things that, that we're seeing is we, through our service, we're able to retain men in that psychological support for a much longer period of time. So, you know, we, we're already sort of kicking some pretty big goals as far as that retention piece.
0: Mm. Yes, it's it's interesting because it comes up all the time for, for men and women and I guess that some of the challenges that you just described about, you know, accessing... Um, Um, health support at the right time and also you know male friendly services are very very few and far between and if you look at all of the you know the the larger crisis support organisations like Lifeline and Beyond Blue they're all very female centric and that's why females feel a lot more comfortable accessing them so I'm just so pleased to hear you speaking about something that has been designed for men to uh, I guess um, address some of these barriers and,
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, mm. international research is showing that we need a gendered lens when it comes mm. to men's mental health. Yep. Um, that the way that we communicate with men, the way that we sort of support men is different. Yep. And if we can actually get, narrow that down and we can get that right, you know, we can have a huge inroads into this area, which is something that we're really committed to doing. I mean, we've got this sort of catchphrase we say we're going we're gonna to help men become better fathers, better partners, better brothers, better friends. I mean, we just want. To improve the lives of men, and by doing that, we improve the lives of a whole lot of people in and around them as well. Mm-hmm. We know that you know often blokes are not that great at looking after their physical health, but you know like they're not necessarily known for being as proactive as what they should be when it comes to their mental health, which is what we're trying to... Yeah, I, I, trying whenever to I hear
0: that, I just... My hackles or shackles, whatever you call them, just go up because, it. you know, we, we talk about this thing about, you know, men not seeking help or not being so aware or not taking care of themselves. And that wasn't the way that they were born. That's the way that they've been raised. And so the assumption that it's just a male thing... It's not Um, and you know we were talking about this generational change and early intervention thing I think we really need to be speaking and and helping our boys to have self-respect and self-awareness and really care for their physical and mental being.
1: Absolutely and I think the generational thing there is something that stands out I mean I I grew up in that era where You did not show emotion unless A, a good dog died, or two, a bone was sticking out. Now, that was it. That was the only time you were actually allowed to show emotion in my era. Mm. Um, Now, my household was not necessarily quite that extreme, but I think it's just to illustrate the point. Mm. Um, And I I I, I don't think um, that we have to stop men being men, but I think the notion of it being strong and to to engage in early help-seeking behaviour and a sign of strength actually seek support when you need it i think those things are really important
0: well that's right and just the idea getting away from the idea that it's men that can't seek help or men that can't care for themselves but perhaps dare i say it's the women that are raising them (laughs) and that's probably a little politically incorrect but i said it oh it's
1: okay to be a little bit i think uh, i mean i i think there are a lot of issues out there as well around um, you know, how do we support our men? How do we support them in the family context? How how many relationships have I seen that have broken down unnecessarily because the a partner or a household didn't realise that, hey, Dad wasn't just angry and drinking too much because Dad was a rat bag. Dad was depressed. Yeah. You know, there's all these sorts of things that I think we could... There's all lots of different areas related to men's mental health where we can make improvements.
0: And that's so why mental is so important, isn't it? Because I guess this is where these issues are addressed and it's not just going back to the popular narrative of men don't seek help, men don't show emotion.
1: And, Absolutely. Um, I mean, even mm. look at the way in which depression can manifest in men can be quite different to in, in women. Uh, but, mm. you know, when we talk, when we think around depression, you know, what do we, we think about? Someone who's withdrawn, someone who's sad, and someone who's crying. Well, with men, you know, that can be someone who's, you know, uh, who's angry, who's frustrated, who perhaps he's making really unhealthy you know, lifestyle choices, you know. Yeah,
0: or acting uh, out,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I just think there's there's lots lots of work and lots of work to be done in this space. Organization doing some brilliant work in this space. Mm. I love the fact that it's getting attention now and I'm really excited that with Mantle and our team that we can be part of the solution. Yes. Um, you know, not just for now, but for, you know, hopefully really changed the way that you look at men's
0: mental health. Oh, I've just completely railroaded you um, with, <laughs> with the mantle thing, but I just think it's really important because we live in this echo chamber, Dave, of men's health, so we know it so well, we live it and breathe it, but for people that are kind of new to these ideas around changing this narrative and approach to men's health, I think it's really good for us to pick it apart a little bit more, um, just to demonstrate like a mantle, how that can be very, very instrumental in getting men um, and do you see boys as well, or just men.
1: It's pro- we have designed the service to typically see men, yeah. But we've got a team of psychologists that can see women as well, can see adolescents as well. We're not a specialist adolescent or child service, though. Yeah. But we've got a we've got a really highly experienced. So all of our psychologists have only got ten years' experience post training. Yeah. Primarily in in um, Male-dominated workplaces, and we have specialist programs and ongoing development programs for for all of our team around the men's yep. mental health piece. And so you know, you know, nothing's really off limit for us. But what we're able to do is, if if we can't do it, we'll, we'll recommend who to go to. We we'll the referral options and those sorts of things might yep. might be as well.
0: So, given it's all online, um, what um, what are the payment methods like?
1: So, there's a couple of different options. So it's all the telehealth. So there's basically a link to a secure sort of video chat. Um, but there's the option of coming in and getting performance coaching. So performance coaching might be, hey, I'm having a bit of a tough time. I, you know, I, don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm unwell, but I'm, I might need to make some better choices or I might need a bit of fine-tuning in a couple of areas, and we'll have a brief solution-oriented approach there. So that's something where a lot of people accessing that service uh, might be executives or reluctant users or new to mental health services and they're not going through Medicare. Mm -hmm. quite frequently. Then we've got your more traditional clinically-oriented services, which is very much just a virtual equivalent of a physical psychology practice where you can come in, mental health plan. If you've got a mental health plan, you don't have to have a mental health plan, and you can have subsidised sessions through through the Medicare system. So we've put multiple gateways into our services because we know that no two men have got the same needs, Yep. the drivers behind someone accessing services like ours are going to be quite different and we want to make sure that we've given enough avenues in for people to get the support that they need rather than just making an assumption straight away hey what you need is a clinical session or you need a Medicare session you know really sort of try to make that so we can fit the needs of our of our customer base
0: mm. well they're people um, just remember that that like a traditional psychology practice um, at Mantle, Medicare and private health uh, fund subsidies are available for, for their yeah, services.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. Um, www.... Dot, I don't even know why we say that anymore. <laughs> Just go to mantlehealth.com.au. Mantlehealth.com.au.
1: That's M-A-N-T-L-E.
0: For those that can't spell that Dave said under his breath. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh we see it in, we see a lot of typos with people typing "mantle," so uh, oh, yes. well, we're, I'm getting used to spelling it out for people now.
0: <laughs> um, but I, I think one of the other things the beauty of this service is that it's there's no barriers to um, location as well so you can be reaching remote people as well and we know here in Australia you know our farmers and remote workers uh, often don't have access to this kind of service so I guess that's another upside isn't it, Dave?
1: That was very deliberate in the way we did that because we know that, you know, um, even if I'm in the Sydney CBD and I've got to go and see a psychologist in Randwick, you know, I'm losing half a day. Mm. You're losing almost a full day perhaps to do that. How do we remove some of those barriers and obstacles and have things available for men in times that suit them and in locations that suit them? Now, we might have a very specialist in, in sort of relationship issues in Western Australia that doesn't stop or doesn't preclude someone, you know, a, a client from Queensland tapping into that level of expertise that we've got available there. So I love the fact that we are truly national yeah. and that we reduce those those um, those barriers. It's also really great for us as well because we get to give fantastic flexibility to our psychologists. You know, a lot of whom are at that stage of life. You know, they, they want that additional flexibility as well and, and they're going to do their best work not after they've commuted for three hours to get to work but when they're actually, you know, working from their home office or in, into a location that suit them as well.
0: Well, you mentioned being a national organisation and having national reach, but given that it's online, would it have global reach as well?
1: We plan to actually make Nantle uh, a global organisation. It's one of the things that we want to do. We've been very... Deliberate in our testing, in our building, and very cautious in making sure that everything is right. Um, But I've worked a lot internationally. I've worked a lot in Asia. I've worked in Europe. I've worked in in, Oceania. Oceania, And and we know that everywhere that we go, there is a need for more specialist service for men. And we do see Mantle as something that actually will hopefully improve the lives of, you know, hundreds of thousands of men, not just here in Australia, but millions of men worldwide.
0: Well, given, Dave, that men come in all shapes and sizes and, you know, Australia being the multicultural, uh, beautiful tapestry that it is, uh, how do you get across uh, language barriers?
1: Yeah, language barriers is a tricky one and it's not something that we have been geared up to manage right at the moment. so it's not something that, that we, we, we are currently able to deal to. Is is a, is a multilingual based mm-hmm. approach. Um, so these it's certainly an area that we, we we probably should be focusing on in the in the future when we look at sort of expanding things more mm. more broadly.
0: And I guess just means you know getting specialists in who are bilingual.
1: Yeah, which we will do. I mean, one of the challenges that we have is having the right people on our team. Yes. Um, we think that you know, people are worth having really good, you know, support mechanisms, I mean, having really good people support them. So we're really, we don't just don't let anyone come and join the Nathan team. We're really particular around who comes on board, what's their experience, what are their qualifications? You know, how do we know they are going to get the best outcomes for us? So there's a bit of a process involved for us in even just making sure that we're just not uh, not just letting all and sundry come in and, and become a mental practitioner you know, um, yeah. being the right fit for our organisation and our client base is really important to us
0: Well that's right you've got to maintain your integrity and your, your um, levels of quality and standard don't you?
1: Absolutely and in the mental health landscape at the moment that's something that you know, can be a little bit questionable at times I mean, um, Oh Yes it's uh, the the number of people hanging up a shingle as mental health experts or practitioners and these sorts of things without necessarily having ongoing continuing professional development or industry body recognition or tertiary qualification, it it, it can be a little bit worrisome. And and we're really focused on making sure that, you know, we have that professional integrity there.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's very good that we have excellent governing bodies here, uh, peak bodies like APRA or PACFA, you know, organisations like that, where um, to get membership as a practitioner, you've got to jump through a fair few hoops and to be able to demonstrate, um, you know, good practice uh, on an annual basis to, to maintain that membership
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, you know, continuing professional development is absolutely critical and, and having people who know what's in and outside of their lane you know what are the stuff they're good at you know what you know rather than dabbling in all sorts of things how can we get people with that you know relevant expertise it's quite important
0: actually just a little light bulb went on in my head then dave thinking about professional development and mantle and given that you're probably collecting data but also you're researching as well would you provide professional development opportunities as part of mantle to practitioners to learn more about men's health
1: we are in our space, so it's one of the things we're very committed to within our team, and we're actually part of um, a more broader research project as well, uh, the Boy Project, part of the Million Minds Fund that's looking at uh, various approaches to the prevention of suicide in men and boys. So mm. part of that is we're going to be working with another specialist organisation and looking at their professional development programs and the various impact of those on a, on a suicide prevention perspective mm. as well. So. Certainly, something that we're really keen on is making sure that there is a higher level of professional development in the men's space out there. There's actually not a lot there now. No. Now we've no. spent a fortune and, and a lot of time actually developing our onboarding programs and looking at and trialling what is international best practice. Yeah. What is all the data saying in this space? And we've, we're really lucky we've been to, able to tap into the likes of you know Dr outside, so we had yeah. to look at a lot of their research as well. So, mm. you know, I think we'll see a lot more. Specialist men's mental health professional development become available over the next twelve months or
0: so. Well, he's he's really stepped it up. Zach has he you know being with Movember now, I guess, and having um, access to those um, research pathways and yeah, support. Yeah, he's
1: a clever guy. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that you know we're we're a very much an evidence informed organisation, and we need to rely a lot on the researchers who are actually doing some of that sort of really groundbreaking work in this space as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say Zach Seidler makes men's health look sexy. (laughs) 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 You can
1: say that, right? I don't know if I'm quite comfortable saying that. but uh, He's another one that I've got a bit of an intellectual crush on. It does happen from time to time, but I I really love his work. Yeah, me too. Me
0: too. He's he's great. And, you know, just for such a young person to, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but he just seems to have just done a lot in a short period of time that's, you know, just got a lot of um, integrity attached to it.
1: He does. And, and the thing I really like about Zach, he's got energy attached to that integrity as well. Yeah. And he's charismatic. And I think that's really going to help him get maximum penetration for the, the important research that he's doing. He's one of those people I think he'll be able to bridge that the you know, academia and practitioner worlds you know, in a really important way.
0: Dave, do you have a parting, parting words of wisdom for today? Well,
1: I'm not sure I've got any wisdom at all, Ray, but... Um, <laughs> I think parting words of wisdom for me, or at least maybe just some ideas to think about, is that no one gets immunity from the stresses and the strains of life. It doesn't matter your gender, it doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter none of us get out of this thing without without sort of experiencing some level of challenge at some point in time. I just think the more that we can encourage people to, you know, engage in early help seeking behaviour, get beneath the surface of the issues that might be causing them stress to stop just trying to suck it up and deal with things and and to really try and support themselves and invest in their own well-being, I think that's such an important thing for us. Um, you now, often we give so much of ourselves to others, but we need to also focus on our own self-care and, and taking care of ourselves as well. You know, mm. Festive season is no, distant, is no different, and, and festive stress is real. So um, mm. you know, just please take time to prioritise yourself you know, over this festive period as well.
0: A huge thanks to Ray Bonney and Dave Burroughs for allowing me to share this interview on Collective Conversations. I'm Suzanne Jones.